Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we're going to be talking about the House holding Anthony Blinken in contempt, the looming debt ceiling battle, and more. So let's get into it. And before we get started, listeners, I want to remind you to go subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave a rating and review, and also you can subscribe to our YouTube channel for the audio there, leave a like and a comment. And also, you can visit our Red Circle page to leave us a donation to support our show. Well, to get right into some news that I found very interesting, um, I came across a Washington Examiner article that's talking about how, um, I guess, representative from the House, Michael McCall, out of Texas, uh, who's the chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Hmm. He wants to and is threatening to hold Secretary of State Antony Blinken in contempt of Congress um, because there's this memo um, that circulated in mid-July of 2021. And supposedly, because they haven't seen the memo, supposedly it has like 24 signatures from U.S. Embassy members in Kabul that was sent to the State Department, and you know they're basically saying um, it's called a descent cable, and they were basically had seen the plans for the withdrawal from Afghanistan, and they were reacting to it, and they were trying to warn at the time, you know, that this wasn't a good idea, and that Kabul would fall basically mm-hmm. as soon as America pulled out, and um, one of the things that we do know. Um, from I guess some of the reporting and some of the rumor around this is that they were already saying that there was a huge uptick in special what are the special immigrant visas you know because there were all these people foreigners working with them over there mm-hmm. who would want to come who would want to be safe who would seek the safety and security of the United States right. if America was going to pull out of their bases and everything like that over there. So it's just really interesting. Um, The State Department has told the Congress, I assume, has told somebody, that the original dissent letter was something like four pages long. And um, I guess the government has redacted so much of it that only about one page out of the four has been made available, even to the Congress, Mm. Uh, even though they've been requesting it for quite a while, a long time. And they're basically refusing to turn it over. So what I find really interesting about this is, you know, we've sort of had this discussion before. And, you know, I don't remember how many episodes ago it was, but we knew that the House would be having these hearings, these oversight hearings and everything. Mm -hmm. And especially on this Afghanistan topic. And uh, we were wondering if anything good would come of this or if this would be like things we've seen before in the past. So I found it very interesting to think back, um, if you think how many, um, what would you call it, like executive branch people have been held in contempt of Congress in the last few years, there have been a few. Mm -hmm. There's been, I mean, the biggest ones that stand out to me, I think I even mentioned before. I mean, I maybe didn't mention uh, Eric Holder, but I definitely mentioned Lois Lerner. Mm-hmm. Those are two characters who have been tried for contempt of Congress before. Yeah, I definitely remember Eric Holder from the Obama administration. Yes, and he was held in contempt of Congress for not turning over documents regarding the Fast and Furious scandal, mm-hmm. where they had like, I don't know, there was some kind of government operation where they were like selling guns to the cartels or something like this. And Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and some guns... Um, they ended up being used to kill American citizens. Yeah, but they like lost track of the guns for a while, and Mm -hmm. then they ended up, some border patrol agents got murdered by them or something like that. I don't know. It's been a while back, you know, Obama administration. But, and then the Lois Lerner thing I'm much more familiar with, you know, because she had actively participated um, and like sort of led an IRS what would you say um sort of like agenda to like keep conservative and tea party organizations from receiving 501c3 Mm -hmm. tax-exempt status and if you remember nothing happened to either of them right and i'm sure i talked about that before but something i don't know how many people really know is that under trump 
He had some people who were tried for a contempt of Congress. Well, he had, yes, he had some people put up for contempt of Congress, but mm-hmm. only, there were four, actually, but only two have actively been prosecuted or are going to be prosecuted, have yet to be prosecuted. But if you remember those, um, there's one that's been convicted so far, and that's Steve Bannon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's another one who is yet to be tried and convicted, but that's going to be Peter Navarro. Okay. The other two were Mark Meadows mm. and Dan Scavino, and nothing happened to them, just like Holder and Lerner. Right. Nothing happened to Meadows and Savino. But Bannon and Navarro are like two people out of the last two, six, seven, seven people. This will be... The seventh, of course, will be Blinken. And he's going to be the first from Biden's administration to face these kinds of charges. So it's just like I was saying before. I mean, do you think anything will come of it? I doubt I doubt that Biden's um, Department of Justice right, yeah, will seek charges right. against Antony Blinken. Right, that's what I was going to say. It, I'm pretty sure the DOJ would still have to follow up with the charges, even if the Congress recommends them or whatever. Uh, but yeah, exactly what you said. I don't uh, I don't see uh, Biden's DOJ following through on it. It's his Secretary of State. That's like one of the you know, most important offices in the executive branch. Uh, Who's so, Secretary of State? Blinken? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I don't uh, no, I don't see anything happening to him. Um, yeah, I mean it's good for the you know, House Republicans to try to uncover this info, but ultimately, no, I don't uh, see too much happening. I don't think anything will happen either. But it's just one of those things because you know Biden has claimed that he has the most transparent mm-hmm. government in all of history. Right. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why would they not turn over a simple four-page document like this? You know, they mm-hmm. obviously want to hide it and redact it, and they don't want it out there. And it's like, it must be pretty damning, you know? Right. So hopefully we'll get that document, or we'll see the, the um, possible jail time for Blinken would be up to a year, which ain't going to happen. But hey, be interesting to see, wouldn't it? <laughs> No. I'd like to see somebody other than just Trump's people, you know, actually uh-huh. charged. So w- w- one thing I'm not, I, this is sort of a news story for me, is is are they saying that Blinken was told not to go through with the pullout in Afghanistan, but did anyway? And that's what they're trying to, like, maybe charge him for negligence or something like that? Why not? No, they've had, he's had a subpoena uh-huh. since. I mean, cause I didn't mean charge him for negligence, but. They have issued him a. The mm-hmm. Congress has issued him a subpoena. Right, and he's since, not, I don't know it. when, um, and he's supposed to turn over these documents. Right, or not? Yeah, and one of them is this dissent letter from uh-huh. the twenty-four um, embassy members, right, saying this is going to be a disaster. Essentially, okay. I mean, we don't know what it says. Okay, so they're holding him in contempt because he's not turning. He won't document. procure. Yeah, he won't. Okay, gotcha. Remit the documents right. that they have subpoenaed and subpoena comes from a latin phrase that means under penalty or under punishment right yeah. so they basically just want to by holding in contempt of congress they just want to enforce mm-hmm. the subpoena they right. want to add the punishment part right i got you i just missed uh, exactly what they were uh looking for from anthony blinken they want these documents right. that, I are got gonna, now. that are gonna say biden screwed the pooch right yeah because they believe those papers suggest well it should be the biden administration but you know what i mean i'm speaking loosely but the then they believe those papers which suggest that uh he was heavily told it was a bad idea not to do it well biden even pretty much said himself when asked of this letter of dissent Mm -hmm. or whatever he just said flippantly, he said, I get advice from everybody, right, okay. and the buck stops with me. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's how he's responded to this. So they don't care. They're just going to ignore it like they never got this letter. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, hopefully we'll get uh, some more info out of it. That That is uh, interesting. Um, I'd love to read this four-page right. letter because I bet they detailed some pretty good things. Right. 
don't do this because of blah, blah, blah. And we just, we all just want to see what reasons they gave and shed some light on why the government's hiding it. Mm -hmm. Well, it'd be interesting to know if, you know, they could find out who, you know, was the the author of this document and uh, maybe get them to come forward or something. Well, it's internal within Uh whatever DOD, I would think. So even if they did know the guy, I doubt he can just turn over government documents like that. It probably has to be turned over. Because this is going from, you know, Secretary of State Mm -hmm. to Congress. And then Congress would be able to redact or publish it. Sure. You know. Gotcha. But I doubt somebody, just somebody, could do that. Just well, say, I oh, mean, here's like, the document. Come, come, you know, to a hearing and answer some questions. Well, I bet they could. I mean, there's a reason we know, you know, some of the, the info contents. That we do know. Huh? Yeah. I said some of the info that we do know. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, uh, gotcha then. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with, uh, with that. Because uh, we all, we definitely talked about before how disastrous this withdrawal from Afghanistan was and uh be nice to hold somebody accountable right. I mean I'd rather hold Biden sure. hopefully we can hold his administration accountable in the next election mm-hmm. it'd be nice to see some people demoted or right something I don't know right and um fined put in jail I mean Americans died 13 yeah. of them right yeah and uh I like how you pointed out that uh, hopefully we can hold the administration accountable in the next election, election because that's how it's supposed to be done here in our country. Uh, it's one way of holding our elected representatives accountable is by voting for other people, which uh, is how democracy works, even though the left uh, is always talking about how democracy is under attack by the, the right wing, whether it be with trying to adjust election laws or <laughs> reporting on news, actual facts and stuff. Right, or even just the First Amendment. I mean, the First Amendment's under attack mm-hmm. by the left. Yep. And they're the ones who like to say democracy dies in darkness, and then right. they create the darkness. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, well, we'll move on to uh, my first topic. It's not really any easy transition, but uh, it's sort of a local story. Um from Columbus, Ohio, recently there has been uh, quite the number of shootings. Just uh, over the weekend as we record, there were three separate events um, within a few hours of each other, uh, all on the same night. And um, what's interesting about this incident is the... Uh, Columbus City Police Chief Elena or Elaine Bryant um, uh, had a press conference and uh, she made an interesting comment that um, I was able to catch hold of um, from the local news. And one of the things she said during her press conference uh, while talking about these events was, uh, why is everybody walking around with a weapon? And that stood out to me because it's as if she believes the offense being committed is just having a weapon. Not that there are people either irresponsibly or criminally using the weapons they do have in in these instances. And, um, you know, that's a local example of some of this gun violence talk where the issue is not really about the violence, it's the usage of guns during these uh, uh, incidents and stuff. And um, I guess it stood out to me since it's a local story this time. Usually this is the kind of stuff we hear from police chiefs from, you know, like uh, New York or Los Angeles and these other big liberal cities, but... mm, it's definitely happening here in our own backyard. And um, uh, if, if I could answer the police chief, I would, I would say a lot of people are walking around with weapons, some who shouldn't have them um, because they're criminals, and others who uh, are allowed to have them because they believe they need to defend themselves because there's been such a rise in 
violent crime in the city. But again, she makes the problem not of the people committing the crimes, but the the use of the firearm itself. Well, we've seen this before. Right. We've definitely seen this before. I mean, when that guy drove his car through that crowd at Christmas time or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they said it was a car. The car did it. Right. I mean, the Jeep just took over. It just did it all on its own. But, you know, the gun shot the guy. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't believe that somebody held it or pulled the trigger or anything. You know, right. the guns do it. So how dare people have the weapons? And I think that is an interesting point because, I mean, you see this. I've... I've kind of dwelled in this before, maybe not here on the channel, but, you know, you see this with, like, prisoners, for example. Mm-hmm. You take them in, and they take away their shoestrings and their their belts. They can't have belts. They can't have anything that they can hang themselves with, mm-hmm. right? Right. But if you look, I mean, anything can be a weapon. Uh-huh. And what do they do in prison? They turn anything they can get. They turn a, a razor, a little safety razor. Uh-huh. They melt it down somehow. I don't know how they do it. They turn anything you give them into a weapon. Yeah. They're always shiving each other and shiving the guards, and they can turn anything into a weapon. Right. Yeah. And anything could be a weapon. If somebody wanted to harm themselves, they don't right. need a shoestring or a belt. They could use the wall, yeah, for their, instance, the floor. Their pants. Yeah, whatever. You just bash somebody into something. Bash right. yourself. I mean, <laughs> anything can cause harm. Right. Absolutely anything. I bet I could hurt somebody with the... The cap to a ballpoint pen, you know? So, yeah. <clears throat> a paperclip. <laughs> so, it's, right. it is sort of ridiculous to not see that we do have the right to defend ourselves because mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. And that the fear is not the weapon, the fear is the intent behind the person who's wielding the weapon, right. what they intend to do with that. <clears throat> right. Um, I tried to look up. Um some stats on uh, like homicides in the city and i did find one recent article that said there's been around 60 homicides this year and it seems like way more i know there's certainly been way more instances of shootings whether or not they resulted in homicide but uh, actual homicides i'm surprised it's not higher but there has certainly been a rise in um you know crimes involving firearms which is a problem, but the problem's not necessarily the firearm. It's the people committing the crimes with them. Right. Like, I mean, I know it has gotten bad. I mean, yeah. it's been bad up here. You know, I work down in uh, southern Columbus. Right. And um, we even just had an incident the other night. I'm not sure if it's the same night you're talking about, but we had an incident on our property where shots were fired. I don't think they shot anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't think they harmed anybody. I think they just shot up in the air to sort of scare somebody off. I don't know. I wasn't there that night. But um, it's really hit home. I mean, Mm -hmm. the crime seems to be rampant almost. Right. Um, No, I have one of the local news's app on my phone, and I get notifications, and it's almost like every day, if not every other day, you know, reports of a shooting overnight, or even sometimes in the middle of the day, in the morning. It's it's getting crazy. And I don't know our police chief's extensive career record, but I do know from looking it up, she's relatively new. Uh, she was hired to uh, Columbus City Police in, I believe, June of 2021. Um... And I believe this is after the previous police chief resigned over a couple uh, instances of police-involved shootings. Um, But before she came here to Columbus, she was the deputy chief of police for Detroit City Police. And we all know how well Detroit is going. Um... Now, again, she was the deputy police, so I don't know how much authority she had over how things were ran in Detroit. Um, But I imagine she had at least some say, and uh, it almost seems like she's bringing bringing the same same thing here to Columbus, because I don't think crime's gotten better over the past few years. Do you know what her political affiliations are? No. Um, I mean, I I can only make assumptions. But I don't. I don't know if it's 
uh, like public info what party she's registered for. I imagine somebody could find that. I've just tried to quickly look, and I can't really see anything except, you know, obviously I would think by these comments that she leans left. And the only other thing that I've seen come up in the first couple of Google searches is something about a coalition of Ohio Democratic mayors. Was she used? She used to be a mayor. Um, no. Before police chief here, she was deputy police in Detroit. Yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know what I'm reading. But this says something about saying the legislature and Governor Mike DeWine are taking Ohio in the wrong direction, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. Hopefully she's not a conservative. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully she's not a conservative out saying stuff like that. Right. Well, basically, like we were saying, we, I would assume that she's not. Um, yeah. Given her, her focus on, you know, tools instead of criminals. Yeah. Um, but, uh... I don't know if I had a really any specific point other than the sort of stuff we've talked about before. Um, you know how like Democrats and left leftists don't want to focus on the criminals and you know the person. They want to focus on the use of the gun itself. Meanwhile, um, they have bodyguards and security <laughs> with weapons to protect themselves. Yeah, but. Um, I guess that's all, and it's it's definitely uh, I wouldn't say eye opening, but uh, I guess like I said at the top of the story, more home home hitting since it's right here in our own city, our own police chief uh, who pushing this kind of narrative. Yeah, but uh, we'll see what happens. It's uh, uh, they just got thirty uh, some odd new recruits out of the academy for. Uh, the summer crime wave that they're anticipating. Well, I also heard here locally that there's some kind of new app or something Hmm. about reporting gunshots and how, I mean, I wasn't familiar with it and I just heard it on the radio, Hmm. but um, they were saying it has something to do with shots fired and something about the police would be alerted through this app or whatever it is faster than people calling in to 911. Mm. Um, that wouldn't surprise me because they already have a system that's called Shot Spotter. Oh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, but they just maybe added a bunch of new neighborhoods to it or right. something like that. I'm not sure how it works, but... Yeah, um, and it's... I don't know how, exactly how it works, but there's some kind of like device that's planted various places through the city. Yeah, that, I guess that's it. And they just yeah. added a bunch of new neighborhoods, mm-hmm. I guess, so... Yeah, and they're designed to recognize the sound of uh, gunfire and send out an alert. So that's pretty cool if they're now able to get like a direct alert to the officers, because I don't know how it worked. Maybe dispatch was notified first or something like that. But uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be uh, good to see if it helped provide a more immediate response. That would certainly be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess that's all I got for that topic. All right. Well, if we're headed over to my other topic, then it's going to be about the looming debt ceiling fight, which looks like it's going to be a real knockout drag out. Mm -hmm. Because from an article I was reading, again, in the Washington Examiner, um, I've seen that basically both parties are at a non-starter. Right. Biden has said they're not going to negotiate if the debt ceiling's not raised. You know, and basically mm-hmm. they don't want spending to be touched. They just want to keep on rolling. Yeah, they just want to raise the debt limit without any other conditions. Yes. Just raise it. And the Republicans are saying that they will only vote for a clean bill, which to them means whatever the spending's going to be has to come with cuts right. to spending. Mm-hmm. So if you want to raise it by X, you have to lower the spending by Y mm-hmm. or whatever. That's the only way they're going to go for an increase. Right. And I believe the House Republicans did pass their bill out of the House recently. Yeah, that's what's interesting. And um, part of this article is talking about how Mike Lee, mm-hmm. um, from the Senate? senator yeah, from Utah, yep. um, 
he is trying to help shore up McCarthy's backing in the Senate. Hmm. That's uh, good. Yeah, and um, he's saying that he has at least 41 signatures out of the 49. Hmm. You know, because we it's like 51 to 49 right now yeah. in the House. I mean, in the Senate, excuse me. And he's saying that he has had at least 41 Republican senators sign this agreement mm-hmm. that they're going to back McCarthy and his um, budget. Mm-hmm. But um, that leaves like eight Republican senators who haven't committed, and they said they haven't for political reasons, and they might later. You don't, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But with at least 41 they will not be able to get their filib, you know, the over the. Um, is it the filibuster? I would say so. Yeah, I don't think that they can pass this. Basically, whatever their version of the mm-hmm. bill or whatever. Um, what has something to do with you know the Senate? They do this debate first right. on a bill that's brought onto the floor. Right. And to be able to do cloture where they close debate or whatever and just move on to where they all vote on the bill, mm-hmm. they have to have a majority, like 60 votes or whatever, um, to be able to shut down basically the um, argument period. Mm-hmm. And with them, with these 41 Republicans saying that they will back McCarthy, that means that they're not going to be able to get over that filibuster rule. So, I mean, that's at least is a good thing. But still, if you do the math and if you think, if you really think about this, mm-hmm. what do you see? Because I see shutdown coming and we've seen it before. I mean, do you remember the last time there was a shutdown? I want to say it was under Obama, the sequester. Remember the sequester? Everybody got sequestered. Um, I think there's been one since then. There might have been. I don't uh, recall. But yeah, Maybe definitely. under Obama. I mean, under Trump, excuse me. I don't remember. I think they're in his like earlier part of the administration. I might yeah. be wrong, but I feel like there is one. I feel like there was one, was. too, because I remember the parks are always something that gets shut down first. Mm-hmm. And I remember him signing away his presidential salary to the parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. I think it was during that shutdown or whatever. But... Um, so anyway, my only point though about that is that this has been done before. We've seen the shutdown. It comes and it's usually when Republicans hold the Congress, the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. So I sort of see that coming. Um, yeah, I definitely think that it might. Uh, I feel like there's going to be some kind of deal done at the last minute. Uh, to avoid a shutdown because I think it's more than just the shutdown this time because it's not just the regular budget. This is um, with the the debt ceiling too, which I don't think is always an issue when they're doing the budget. Because um, one of the things they keep talking about is, you know, it'd be terrible if America defaulted on its debt. Yeah, and, I know Janet Yellen just uh-huh. talked about some of that. And we don't pay our creditors or whatever. Um, so I think because of that, uh, there'll probably be some... 11th hour deal that they'll come up with and probably won't be good for anybody except except Damn. them yeah but i hope not um i mean i i feel like that usually happens even if there is a shutdown mm-hmm. they usually end up i mean that's one of the things that went through my mind cuz if you think about sort of the ebb and flow mm-hmm. of the government and these situations what they usually do is it sort of forces them to cut back right Mm -hmm. they have to start laying off you know some of these subcontractors that Mm -hmm. they hire and some of these non-essential employees Mm -hmm. and shutting down these non-essential services and stuff like that and so it's sort of the conservative way of forcing the current government Mm -hmm. into cutting back right but then after they make their deal and they get their checks signed and everything and the money gets flowing again, they probably spend even more. Right. And they buy more office furniture even though they already had office furniture and they buy new employees even though they already had some good employees. Uh-huh. Well, that's the way it works. They they always, you know, they get a million dollars for this department and next year that department comes back and says, oh, we spent all of our money. You got to yeah. give us more. We need two million. Yeah. <clears throat> Can't you see? That yeah. wasn't enough because we blew it all on this fancy furniture in these offices well, that nobody's think, in. If you think about how these federal employees go, they go, oh, you called me non-necessary uh-huh. or whatever. I want my back pay yep, and all this. And it. Of course they get it. And they probably get a small raise mm-hmm. for, you know, having been put in this situation. We know that hurt. Oh, here, yep. here's a... 
here's a nickel, whatever. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I don't even know how much it really helps, but it is a sort of way, it's sort of force, isn't it? Sort of a forceful way mm -hmm. to like at least get your point across. I don't right. know. <clears throat> well, I I think that you know, um, Biden does does not look that great in this situation because at least at this point the House Republicans have put forward what what they're offering in the negotiation that Biden doesn't even want to have, and you know it. Hopefully, the average person can can see that it's at least the House has made their attempt, and now Joe Biden and the White House doesn't even want to make any kind of negotiation well that's, that's, that's not how it works i find that truly crazy too because remember he's supposed to be mr moderate mm -hmm. and it seems to me like the people who really should be wiggling is him is the right. executive excuse me and um you know these have been tough times that we've all just come through yeah. the pandemic and you know yada yada all this stuff mm -hmm. the sh all the shipping issues and people sure. being laid off work for months and months and you know all this stuff and inflation going up through the roof mm -hmm. you think he'd be like okay you know just some common sense um home economics right we should pull back a little yes yeah, right. so we and I'm Mr. Moderate, so how mm -hmm. about I shake hands with the Republicans, let's do good government here, right. and let's play nice. Everybody play nice. Right, he was, he's one, I don't have any exact quotes, because we're just coming come to, this just coming to me while we're talking, but one of the big things he was talking about when he was inaugurated and around that time was unity. He's supposed to be the unity president. Yeah. Where is the unity on trying to negotiate this this budget and the, the debt ceiling issue? Yeah. There isn't any. When what's crazy is, of course, you hear the left mm -hmm. use the phrase, I've seen it, I think it's in this article, that the Republicans are trying to hold the country hostage. Right. Or, I've, I've heard that too. And that's silly, especially you know talking about how the House Republicans have put forward their offer. How are they holding the country hostage when the Biden administration is not willing to put forward any counter offer other than no, we're not we're not doing this. You're going to do it my way or nothing. Yeah, when I would argue, who's really holding the country hostage? I mean, you've got Janet Yellen, who's a dingbat, mm -hmm. up there saying we're going to go insolvent we're not going to meet our you know our creditors what you were just mm -hmm. talking about we're not going to be able to pay our bills right but how does that even make any sense because you got the federal reserve and if you remember ben bernanke's famous quote i mean the government can never go bankrupt because we can always print more money he right. said it's probably mm -hmm. one of the most famous quotes in the modern age we can always just print more money Right. So how, I don't understand. What kind of catch-22 are we in here? And who's really holding the government hostage? Right. Well, you also have uh, Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Senate for the, the Democrats and the whole Senate. He's immediately said that this House bill is dead on arrival. So they're not even willing to work with them. So it's... it's so it's, it's going to be the House. Yeah. They've got the votes. Yep. They've got the purse strings. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to work with anybody. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, for the, the naive and the ignorant, I can see why somebody might believe that uh, it's the house holding people hostage it's, if, if because of that. But uh, it's it's not. They, they put forward the offer. When I think it's important to remember that the American people gave us this house. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. This is the American government, the American people's house, and they put it, they elected that government mm -hmm. that's in there. The House of Representatives, they represent the people who and put them there. That, you know, they basically have a charter mm -hmm. to curtail and check right. the executive as well as the Senate, but mostly the executive, okay? Mm -hmm. And we gave back the power of the purse strings to the Republicans. Right. So basically, I want to see them do good, and I don't really care. They say this stuff, all doom and gloom, pushing mm. granny off the hill, you know, Social uh -huh. Security's going to be canceled yep. because the Republicans, and it's like, I just want to see it done. Just yeah. shut down the damn government. It doesn't hurt that bad. We've been through it before. Forget right. it. If they can't pay our bills, 
Well, then there goes the government. We'll we'll create a new government that can pay the bills. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely sort of a contentious issue, and uh, uh, even though I still think a last minute deal will be made, hopefully something better than that will be will be done. And uh, I. I think the Republican. Well, I wouldn't House be White surprised. Win. I mean, I'm not an advisor to Joe Biden, sure, but he's welcome to hear this, sure. And I think he should cave, go yeah. and shake McCarthy's hand, right? Find the wiggle room that they're offering, because, mm-hmm. like you say, you know, they all do these deals. They're all crooked. Yeah. They're all going to get their kickbacks and right. whatever. Mm-hmm. So why don't they just find the points that they can agree on and stop the charade? Right. Yeah. Just my advice. Yep, it uh, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. We got, uh, according to Janie Ellen, we got until June first or something like that. So less than a month. Well, she's never been wrong. <laughs> no, but uh, is that all you got on that? Inflation was transitory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, my last topic, um, and again, no direct relation uh, to anything we've already been talking about. But uh, segregation's back. We thought we got rid of that um, 60 years ago or so, but nope, it's back. Uh, According to Fox News and a couple other places I've seen, um, there is a report in the New England Journal of Medicine that suggests that um, medical school uh, should be segregated for the benefit of black people because historically medical schooling is colonialist and racist and stuff like that and um and this is certainly not the first example of uh academia trying to bring back segregation um over the past several years there's been several colleges creating um, black-only dormitory spaces. Uh, I remember seeing stuff like this going back at least almost 10 years or so. And, you know, when I heard about this uh, you know, medical school thing, uh, one of the first kind of comments that popped into my head was, wouldn't, wouldn't a uh, Democrat from 1920s love to be alive today? Because it's, you know, the same, even though the Democrats will tell you the party switched at some point, mm-hmm. it's the same Democrat party who is wanting to separate, you know, people of color into their own areas. And if you can separate them in their own areas, you know, their own medical school courses, you can basically control them. Well, I think that's such a good point. Did you have anything more to say um, on that? Sort of. Um... Because uh, it's not only that it doesn't you know, remind me of old Democrats who used to support uh, segregation. In the the seems, Jim Crow Democrats right, of the those, South. Yeah. Right. They, they still seem to be in favor of it today. Um, but the other thing it makes me think of, especially with this regarding the medical schools, is you know how long will it be before people don't trust their doctors and stuff anymore because of this stuff? If if they're gonna curtail medical school curriculum based on the fact that the students are black and they deserve special teachings, I mean, what? How are they supposed to? I mean, because they already want to do away with merit-based you know, exams and stuff into colleges, right? And just, you know, have applicants write these essays about how they're, you know, how they um, want to promote social justice and stuff like that. You know, I mean, it, how long until the, you don't want to, I mean, you, people don't trust their doctors because they're not sure if they actually, you know, were, are competent enough to be doing what, what their given degree is for. Um, but, um but yeah, I guess that's mostly it. The fact that uh, you know, it's, it's the same Democrat Party pushing segregation in a new style. What well, always has been. Yeah. You know, put and, lipstick on a pig and it's right. still a pig. And the the dumbing down of you know, 
education in this and in this particular instance, medical school. Um, and it's it's going to lead to a lot of problems. I I I think. Well, it is. I mean, if if you're ready for me to jump in, Go I think it, yep. I've got some great points. I mean, we've already seen it. Like you said, it's been coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. We've seen it on the campuses. Yep, I truly agree with you. And one of the things I would point out about that is there are, excuse me, there are already great alternatives for, let's say, a black person who's seeking a black culture or a black campus. They have these historic black colleges. Mm -hmm. You know, you could seek this out for yourself. You could go to Tuskegee. You could go Mm -hmm. to Brown. You could go to these, you know, um, you can find these spaces already there. Yeah. And they have these specific and historic charters, you know, it's not really in a, in an effort to be racist, but it's to hold up, you know, it was founded for a certain reason. It was founded mm-hmm. by a certain person. It was founded, you know, with a certain charter Right. and you can still go and do that. You don't have to force it into all of academia as a whole. Right. Um, and we've seen this, like, if you think of why title nine was created, Mm-hmm. And I think this is interesting. You talk about the old versus the new. Well, women had to fight for rights, right? And they had mm-hmm. to fight for Title IX and for the ability to compete against men's sports. Mm-hmm. Because how would they ever have a chance? I mean, if you look at something like swimming, men naturally have greater lung capacity, a greater mm-hmm. wingspan. Somebody like Michael Phelps is going to outswim even the best female swimmer. Right. <clears throat> There's tons of examples of that. Mm-hmm. And now you see it being undone with all this transgenderism, which which party pushes for that? Mm-hmm. So we see an unpeeling of Title IX. Then I have this great article that was put out by the Daily Caller. You're not just seeing it in these places. I mean, you might call some of these, you know, like you say, academia. Sports is sort of part of academia. It's just sort of a pastime type of thing. Mm-hmm. But there's a story out by the Daily Caller that says that the U.S. Air Force has even been trying to do this. We've seen certain ads. We've seen the military, you know, try to appeal to, like, transgender Mm -hmm. people and and girls and Uh, this type of thing. But this supposedly says that they did an experiment. They had an experimental class in the Air Force of pilots. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember how many. I think it was like 20. Let me see if I can just see here really quickly. Uh, I can't find the number right now. But this article will be linked, of course. But basically, they prioritize everybody but white males. And they're even Mm -hmm. catching some flack for that. Because I think some of the specific like branding and literature and Mm -hmm. stuff like that was like actively anti-white. So Right. Well, we've seen this before because... I think it was Millie. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, In Congress? Yeah. Who? Was, I want to understand white rage. Yes, exactly. You know, because there are reports of the these you know new recruits and into the military were being I don't know they, made to or at least yeah. told to read, read this, these basically racist literature yeah, and yeah, stuff. Anti-white literature. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's no surprise. Well, the interesting thing here is that. It failed. It didn't mm-hmm. do a very good job. Of course not. The people didn't have a very big passing rate. They thought that if they clustered these certain minority groups together in a like super concentrated class, so mm-hmm. that there were no white influences or whatever, no white, you know, nothing mm-hmm. white or very limited whiteness, that they might do better. They mm-hmm. might be a better group. They might, I don't know. Sure, didn't make them better pilots, didn't make them learn any faster, didn't, you know, mm-hmm. um, didn't do it. Uh, I don't think they did very well at all. I don't remember the exact, like, pass-fail rate. I don't know if that's even published in this article. But it does say that it didn't work and that they're catching flack for it, for not right. only the statistics of the class, but mm-hmm. some of the, you know, specific teachings and stuff like that. Um, but one of the things that's interesting is somebody in here was interviewed— and they say it's terrible. I mean, it doesn't say their party affiliation or anything, but it says that they find it terrible because it's not merit-based. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just cherry-pick who you want in these classes. And you can't just say, no, we're not going to take the white man mm-hmm. 
to be the pilot because there's too many white men pilots. Yeah, even though well, he's the top scoring pilot in the class. What if you think about what we've thought about before, you know, wartime situations. And mm-hmm. I think the military sign-up rates, I mean, I don't know. They're way down. They, Of course they're way down. And you don't want to take people? I mean, I wonder why they're down. Mm-hmm. No white men. We well, just want trans gay, people. black, transvestites or yeah. whatever. I don't even know. But it doesn't make sense. So you see the merit mm-hmm. totally evaporating out of everything. Right. It's like affirmative action or nothing. Mm-hmm. No action. Right. <clears throat> well, and it's it's uh, one of the most, uh, I don't know, it's, it's what word to use. It's sort of upsetting to watch. But um, Stephen Crowder does his um, Change My Mind segments. Yeah. Um, he usually goes to the college campuses, sometimes other places. And tries to just have like a discussion with people uh, on whatever the given topic is. And in one case, he was at maybe Austin University, something like that, somewhere, some university in Texas. And it was um, a Change My Mind segment on affirmative action. And he was talking to this young girl, this young black girl, who I could not actually say whether she knew if she was admitted to the school because she had good grades, which she did. She did a lot of extracurricular stuff in high school and everything like that. Or if she was admitted because she was black. And that's kind of upsetting to know because, you know, wouldn't you want these students to know that they've... They earned it. Yeah, they earned it and that their achievement achievements mean something? You think it would do more for... Like your ego, like right. a, a healthy ego. Right. Because you'd think, hey, I achieved this. I deserve to mm-hmm. be here. Because that's, it actually really is a good point because the Harvard example, mm-hmm. you know, they just got sued. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what happened, but by Asians. Mm-hmm. Remember yep. saying that they basically don't allow Asians into Harvard or, or whatever. I can't yep. remember the exact particulars around that case. Mm-hmm. But... That's a good, if you think about a prestigious university or school mm-hmm. or position or whatever, and you think, hey, we're going to put the black guy here because he's black. What Doesn't that, it's exactly like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he, that man, rather think, well, I'm here because I'm the most qualified. I earned right. this. Yeah. That would be better for your ego more than just, I deserve this, the entitlement. Right. I deserve this because... I'm black. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't even make logical right. sense. And we're talking about collegiate study, for goodness right. sakes. Try taking a logics course, somebody. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's, it's, and I believe there's supposed to be some affirmative action cases before the Supreme Court. But it was, you know, that, that clip with um, Stephen Crowder, that young girl, talked about this affirmative action. I when I saw it, it was sad. Even Stephen Crowder, you know, expressed to her that he found it kind of sad to know that because she, she doesn't know whether she's there because she's black or if it was because she did everything right to deserve to be there. Did she care? Did she seem um, truly interested or was she just flipping about it? No, she seemed um, seemed to care about that. Uh, I'll just see if I can find the video I'll, and put in the show notes for people. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But uh, to bring it back to you know this whole you know, new segregation, um, it's it's uh, well I shouldn't really call it new because <laughs> it's not new. Right. <laughs> but um, I think it's going to you know further degrade the you know, academia and and again in regards to the medical schools. I I think it's going to degrade the the I don't know what the quality of of, of your doctors yeah at, at a certain point I mean maybe not drastically real soon but you know if if they continue to you know pick and choose you know these students based on you know their skin color or whatever their sexual orientation whatever it might be you're you're gonna get to the point where you're not gonna have you know Oh, I would, I would think anyway that you're not going to have a majority of actually qualified people. 
Well, and I think it's going to do a couple things too. Like it's going to help naturally just segregate, you know, mm-hmm. build on itself like a cancer because right. white people is. won't want to go see a black doctor and black people won't want to go see a white doctor because they'll start getting into their heads that, you know, he doesn't give me as good of care. He right. doesn't understand my body as well, mm-hmm. which some, you know, those the people that were we would argue against, they would say, well, that's already been happening for years. You know, that's why they're making this push or whatever mm-hmm. to have more black doctors. But what I would argue is if you look at the Hippocratic Oath, mm-hmm. which they all, all doctors have to take that stupid Hippocratic Oath, uh-huh. they say, do no harm. Right. It's not like they're, they're out there trying to give different care to different people. And they say, oh, I'm not going to help the little black boy. I'm only going to go help the little white children. Right. That's preposterous. Yeah. And actually a push for this, mm-hmm. I mean, it's exactly what you're saying. You've really said something keen. It's going to degrade the whole system of medicine. Right. <clears throat> Very much. Yeah. Uh, it's hard not to see how it, it would eventually. I mean, like I said, it might yeah, not. Yeah, it will take time. Yeah, it might not happen quickly and drastically. But, but we've seen how far it comes. Yeah. It's come, like you were saying. I mean, maybe over the past 10 years, we saw it with campuses, uh-huh. but now we're seeing it with everything women's sports we're mm-hmm. seeing it with doctors we're seeing it with the air force with pilots with right. i mean it's crazy they say there's not enough black accountants we need more <laughs> black accountants and it's like oh my gosh can right. a number cruncher just you're talking about a human calculator for yeah. goodness sakes so what's it matter what their skin color is uh-huh. <clears throat> i mean are you suggesting to me that there's a whole ton of black people out there who want to be accountants but or the white man's keeping yeah, them down. Some mysterious force or person's not letting them become accountants. Yeah, it's the white <laughs> Illuminati, and they got to create their own black Illuminati. Uh-huh. That's that's what it is. Yeah, it's it's you know, definitely going to further this you know anti-white and I think eventually the return of anti-black uh, you know racism. Well, you're right. I'm trying to bring it back. We're about 20 years later, and it's like we're going to live through the 60s all over again Uh here. Just a matter of time. Right. Except this time they're going to be hosing the white people and (laughs) sicking the dogs on us. Right. But hopefully, more, you know, average people will have their eyes open and become aware of this and uh, start demanding change, whether directly or indirectly, by, you know, putting your feet and your money and your mouth where, where. so where you believe it goes should go yeah and uh hopefully avoid all of this yeah well and i think it's just important to hold love for your neighbor be the best person you can be right. and all of that you know right i think that's the only real way to win because the bible says we deal not with flesh and bone mm-hmm. this is all spiritual right you know so you got to yep. keep that in mind and just get through it <clears throat> best way we can mm-hmm. That's right. And is that all you got? That's all I got. All right. That's all I got. I think that was another great conversation that we had. Yeah, I'd say so. Some good points in there. Right. And listeners, if you thought it was a great conversation, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on our YouTube channel. And if you want to support us directly... You can make a donation on our Red Circle page. There's a link in the show notes. We would appreciate any support you give us. Yeah, tell a friend or tell two. And as always, thanks for listening.